So, yeah, good morning. Welcome to the North Church. And uh, our, who knows how many, it's Zoom meeting. Who would have thought we would have been Zoom, Zooming this long together? Um, probably next month, we'll try to do something outside, kind of like what Garland's been doing, something earlier in the morning, and uh, socially distance with masks and all that, that good stuff. Our biggest concern now is trying to figure out bathroom accommodations. So, um, yeah. Uh, we do have space, but the bathroom part of it is uh, is tricky. So we'll figure that out. We're going to start a new um, sermon series at the end of August. I appreciate all of the replies uh, for the survey. If you haven't taken it yet, um, still do that. Uh, nobody, literally nobody had the same idea. So you get the, uh, you know, a little bit of a taste of how difficult it is to plan sermon series. So I think I've got something. We've got, we've got something we're going to make out of it. Um, we'll do a two-week interim here the next, uh, well, not next week, unless we'll uh, wrap up our series. And then two weeks after that, we'll do what we normally do, which is just talking about uh, mission and vision of our church. But we'll probably do that pretty collectively and conversationally uh, rather than just uh, teach it. And then uh, yeah, at the end of the month, we'll get going with a, a new series. We've got a couple ideas we're talking through. Uh, any other announcements? Do we have any yes, walk and talk stuff, all that figured out? Yes, no. Small groups will be ending these next two weeks. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll take a break for the month, is usually what we do, and then get going back again in September for our small groups. Um, we'll switch up our small groups. Certainly can still do things. This would be a great time to get involved in the LTG, to do like a book club type thing, uh, whatever it is that you're looking to do. Um, you know, uh, or want to do with a small group this next month would be great to do that. Don't just peace out and, you know, uh, get lost in obscurity on your own for the next month. All right. Just because we're not doing anything sort of official. So yes, no for announcements. We're good. Uh, the page for some of that stuff like LTGs and stuff like that is dettonorthchurch.com slash discipleship. Okay. Um, also has the walk and talk sign up unless that's already too late to sign up for that. That's on there as well. Okay. Yeah. Walk and talks are just an opportunity to get with one other person and um, talk through some things, um, get to know them, that kind of thing. Um, the LTGs are sort of our more intensive or life transformation groups, uh, opportunity to read through scripture, um, confess in, um, you know, uh, talk through just some different kind of more difficult questions. This is something that we've done off and on. A lot of our folks are involved in it. Uh, if you have questions about how to do that um, or how to sign up, go to our page, talk to one of our, our staff people. Uh, this is just a great opportunity to be um, dive a little bit deeper into, um, you know, your life, other people's lives in a really small group, two to three people kind of thing. So, all right, cool. Well, let's finish up our conversation on pride in the pandemic. I just have a couple thoughts. That's it really today. And then I'm going to release you guys to kind of talk on your own in your small groups. Um, I don't think we have this information yet, but small group leaders, just one of you, if you'll put uh, the people who are in your group uh, in the chat, just one of you, again, uh, that would be really helpful for us. That way we can manually assign people at the end to those groups. So just in the chat, put everybody in your group in one little text, kind of make it neat and organized. That would be awesome. And then those of you who aren't in a group, you'll just get assigned to a group and that's totally fine, that's totally cool. 
Um, but the questions are a little bit more personal today. Not, not a whole lot, but just more. And so it'd probably be easier to just do small group stuff. Um, so yeah, cool, cool. So any questions about that small group leaders? You got it? Yeah, no, beautiful. I'm gonna assume that that's, uh, you got it. All right, so we've been talking through a lot of different things. Um, the idea of the sermon series is really about having hope in the midst of tragedy. And we've talked about a variety of different kinds of tragedies, starting with um, you know, police brutality, uh, moving to uh, the kind of police state and dictatorships, talking about uh, this, the current pandemic and other natural disasters and things like that. And the goal of the series has really just been to help us think through um, how to pursue God, how to know God, how to react, and what to do in times of crisis. And so I kind of want to, in the way of wrapping it up a little bit today and then letting Leslie fully wrap it up next week, kind of just remind you of a few things and then add a few things to that. And I really just have two major kind of points. The first one is that tragedy is sort of a litmus test for who we are. Often in the midst of tragedies and really kind of any stressful situation, it could be as small as a a transition from one thing to another, which obviously doesn't quite get to the point of tragedy. Um, it can be a, a sort of individual tragedy, a collective tragedy. It's a really a litmus test for who we are. I have no idea what a litmus test is, but I use that word all the time or phrase. And then I looked it up this morning and realized it's a chemistry term. You know, Melissa could talk about this all day long. Josh pretends to talk about it, uh, about knowing alkalines from acids. How exciting. Anyway, I learned that this morning. I'm, I'm sure I learned it at another point in my life, but basically it's just a pretty good test. It's an accurate test, right? Uh, and so tragedy is often an accurate test for who we really are. So I'm going to ask you kind of two questions, and we're going to talk about these in conversation later, but what have you really learned about yourself in this uh, you know, pandemic, in this crisis? What have you learned about yourself? I take an opportunity. There's a... Um, uh, a talk led by the, the past president of Regent College that we passed around uh, quite a bit early on and when we started off our ministry. And it really was talking about how to transition successfully. And particularly, we wanted people to transition successfully from college into the working world. And he's a psychologist. and He basically just talked about uh, how transition puts stress on the body, uh, not just on the mind. And so this, this talk, which I would highly encourage for any of you who are going through some kind of transitionary phase right now, and if you need access to it, we just pretty much give access to it um, because we've gotten permission. We can't really post it anywhere, but we just give it individually. And one of the main things he talks about uh, is that one of the things that, that stress does for us or transition does for us is kind of informs us of who we are, uh, how we deal with things, uh, whether we're, he uses the term plastic person. Uh, metal person or glass person, which I really kind of like, and uh, it just talks about it just really kind of informs us of who we are. So what have you learned about yourself in this crisis period, right? We ought to celebrate how God has equipped us in this time period. Maybe it's he's equipped us leading up to it, and we handled this much better than we thought. <laughs> um, uh, maybe that in the process of it, we've developed uh, a sense of spiritual discipline, uh, a sense of um, concern and care for other people. We just need to celebrate how God has brought us through this time um, because celebration is really important uh, as a reminder for who God is and what he's done. And so 
Think about that. What have you learned about yourself in this, this crisis? What can you really celebrate about who God is, what he's been doing up to this point in your life, what he has done uh, in this uh, time? And that will kind of lead to a celebration of who God is and what he's done. This was the constant problem you read through in um, the Old Testament is of people just forgetting what God had done. And each new tragedy, each new situation that comes up, they're ill-equipped to deal with it because they had forgotten what God has already done. It's almost like they reset every single time something happens. We do the exact same thing. We reset. Something comes up. We forget all that God has done and who he is. And, and there's no real growth. It's just a, from one thing to the next, bouncing around as if God doesn't exist, as if God isn't working. And so we, we uh, celebrate what, he, what he's done. But then on the other kind of end of that, we confess what is left to be done. Um, because when we ask the question, what have I learned about myself in this crisis, I might find that there's some less than satisfactory things that I've learned about myself during this period of time. So I confess still what is left to be done. And confession, it reminds us of what God can do. While, you know, uh, the celebration reminds us of what he's done and who he is, uh, confession ultimately reminds us of what he can do and what he wants to do um, in our lives moving forward. It's a very hopeful thing. Uh, It's not meant to be a sad, depressing, despairing thing. It's a what God still planning on doing. So as Christians, we think of ourselves how we really are, as Romans talks about with sober judgment, uh, not more highly than we ought to. And uh, we sort of confess who we are and let God change us. So for instance, to give you just two examples of this, you might say something like in terms of the celebration, you know, I really cared about people uh, and have intentionally done things that's best for the body. Uh, or for my neighbor, like wear a mask, social distance, speak out against conspiracies, uh, whatever that is, um, you know, I celebrate the fact that I've really cared about and been concerned uh, about the larger church or the larger society in this time period. I've had more time to think about it, more time to assess my own role, my place and all of that. But I might also confess that I've selfishly used COVID to pretty much distance myself from those I didn't want to spend time with. <laughs> but I used it as an opportunity to say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just not really, you know, doing the whole going out right now. And yet I'm very fine with going out with people I enjoy spending time with and not with those who I don't. So, you know, that's the two-sided coin of this celebration, but also confessing. And if we are able to look back through those things and introspect, we get an opportunity to really connect with God uh, and connect with with what he wants for us in regard to other people. So, yeah, cared about people, uh, lived sort of communally, uh, selfishly used it to distance myself, became kind of a convenient excuse to isolate uh, and ignore more difficult relationships. So, challenge in all of that. if tragedy is sort of a test of who we are, uh, have you or are you willing to take some time uh, this next week to really think through that or think about it now and begin that process of what God has done, how has he equipped you, and what is he left uh, to do? What, what really needs to be confessed either to yourself, to God, to someone else uh, about, uh, about what's left to do? So. And I think the biggest challenge in all of that is the challenge we always give, which is 
are we doing what's best for the body or are we just doing what's best for us? Uh, when we're in a community like this, we've chosen to be a part of a much bigger thing than just our deal and our relationships. Uh, we become a part of something that God ultimately manages and does. And we choose to do what's best for each other and for the body and not just uh, for ourselves. So when we do this, for instance, uh, you know, meeting here in a couple weeks and we all meet outside and, um, you know, spend time together, you're going to come or you're not going to come. And really, it doesn't really matter whether you come or not come. What's your, going to be your excuse for coming or not coming? You're coming simply because you just want to see people. Uh, I mean, that's fine. I guess that's okay. You're not coming because you're really afraid that you're going to um, get people sick or get sick, or you're simply not coming because it's uh, COVID become has become a pretty great excuse for you uh, to bail on things you don't want to do. <laughs> that's the kind of thing we're talking about there with uh, with the challenge of thinking through and letting this be an opportunity to really introspect. So the second thing I wanted to say, uh, so tragedy is a litmus test sort of for who we are. Um, and the second thing is that tragedy is ultimately uh, a kind of an existential threat. It's a threat to ourselves, kind of the basic core of our survival. It doesn't necessarily feel like it, I don't think, during this pandemic. It's not like a natural disaster. It's not like something more immediate. Uh, although I would say for some experiencing things like police brutality, it's much more immediate uh, and concerning. But it is, it's an existential threat. It's something that makes us kind of scared down to the core of you know, who we are, or are we going to survive? Are other people going to survive, the people we love? Um, and that's incredibly challenging uh, because there's not a whole lot, you know, other than public speaking, things that scare us besides actually dying. Uh, so yeah, it's an existential threat. And threats, for the most part, make us turn pretty inward. It's kind of a, a normal thing, right? Self-protection, like a turtle in a shell. Uh, we turn inward. Um, threats make us feel like we have to do an extra good job of protecting ourselves. And yet, in Scripture, you see Christians over and over again taking risks for their faith. And so I want to kind of introduce not introduce, but apply an idea here to the, the uh, topic of tragedy. What does it look like for us to take faith-based risks in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of crises? What does it look like to really take risks? Now, again, I'm trying to make it really clear that these need to be acted out of faith, faith-based risks, and not just risks in general. I think we've seen plenty of examples of Christians trying to use Christianity as an excuse for all kinds of wrong things. And so uh, including, you know, trusting God that he's going to protect us without wearing masks. <laughs> well, you know, maybe you will, but uh, not so sure that's the principle that we want to be encouraging people. It sounds a lot more like testing God than trusting God. So what does it look like for us to really take faith-based risk uh, during this time? You know, risks, uh, in my mind, are, I mean, I think the etymology of the word maybe a long time ago, I learned somewhere, it's just basically running into danger. Uh, a risk is just running into danger. Rather than running away from it, you're running into it. Um, I prefer to walk into danger uh, rather than run into it. Maybe that's like a calculated risk. Uh, that sounds like a better, better way of phrasing that. But it could go great and it could go poorly. That's the whole idea of a risk, right? 
We have the sort of middle ground where we have a little bit more of a, a clear understanding of what the outcome is going to be. But a risk, we have no real sense of what's going to happen. It's either going to go great, maybe, or it's going to go really poorly. Just like investing in the market, doing anything risky, there's opportunity for great loss and there's opportunity for great reward. Okay. But ultimately, in my mind at least, what risks ultimately do is they connect us back to what our priorities really are. We can talk all day long about what our priorities are, what we really care about, what's really important to us, but it's the risks that we take that ultimately make clear what's really actually important to us. Because we're willing simply to take risks for those things that are important to us. And so again, that's the question here. You know, even the idea of taking risks in relationships during this time period, who am I actually willing to risk being around, says a lot about how much I care about them and love them. <laughs> uh, and so th the idea of faith-based risk is it, what does it look like for us to really take risks during this time that sort of move us out of that just shell of, of self-protection um, and uh, you know, really put our faith sort of out front and, uh, and make clear that it's really an important thing uh, for, uh, you know, to us. So what risks are you taking for the kingdom? I like this question. It's a tough one. Uh, but what risks are you taking during this time? Faith-based risks uh, for our kingdom. Because we're all taking risks. And the ultimate question is, what kinds of risks are we taking? Are these risks ultimately out of faith? Or do they come simply from a sense of, um, you know, uh, I don't know, our, our own selfish desires or our own, um, you know, hopes and dreams that are apart from really the hopes and dreams uh, of the kingdom and the kingdom's work. I've been thinking a lot about dreams because I'm watching Westworld, um, which I, I mean, I feel like every show that I watch, I can't recommend because it's just so, yeah. I remember, so I have a barber from Campus Barber and he is my, uh, dealer in tv shows okay uh, i only get tv shows from him like he's the only person i can trust and i would encourage you all to find a dealer in tv shows um i remember a long time ago josh telling me that uh you know people are always telling him watch this show watch that show and he kind of doesn't can't trust anybody but i trust this guy fully okay every show he tells me about altered carbon boom wonderful uh, I'm not going to go through all the others because they do, they get worse and worse. But anyway, Westworld's amazing. And the, the basic premise is that there are these androids in this, uh, very real scenario where rich people go and basically can do anything they want. And of course the androids become somewhat self-aware and it's dealing with consciousness and they have these dreams, but these dreams they're always told aren't important at all. Don't ever think about your dreams, just sort of do your duty. And I was thinking about this in this analogy of taking risks is that we ultimately take risks for our dreams. But for most of us, we're pretty comfortable just living from duty to duty. Uh, not, not that reminds me of friends uh, in the interview. Sorry. Uh, duty. Duty. There we go. And, uh, and not taking risks for our dreams. Well, if, if our dreams uh, our kingdom dreams, faith dreams, dreams that are about seeing God's kingdom really happen here, then we're going to take risks. And those dreams become more important than just the duties that we have from day to day. And, uh, and that's ultimately what's happening in this Westworld environment is this one girl kind of becomes self-aware and she starts following her dreams rather than her duties. 
and uh, that gets her into some trouble, but also takes her into a, a path or a loop that's much more freeing than the one that she, uh, she was in before. And it's funny because she transitions from someone who's mostly concerned about making mistakes to someone who doesn't really care about whether they're making mistakes. They care more about living a true and real life. I really like that, uh, that analogy. Okay, enough about that. So the challenge here. So what faith-based risks are you taking during this time? Um, you know, s small risks that you can practice, yeah, things like this. Are you engaging people effectively in conversations about race and politics? Uh, or have you, you know, sort of just stopped having these conversations because it's harder now to talk to someone face-to-face? -face? Uh, are you engaging people effectively in these uh, conversations about race and politics? Are you going to some of these protests and things like that that connect up with um, either something you want to learn or something that you want to do? Yeah, it's a little bit risky being around people for sure, um, but actually being able to, uh, to be a part of that sounds like a big, uh, could be a big thing for you in terms of a risk. Are, are you talking to people you wouldn't normally talk with uh, in your small group or in public if you do the public thing uh, because you have an obvious conversation starter? Everyone who wants to talk about COVID, everyone wants to talk about the pandemic, everyone wants to talk about whatever it is. Are you asking difficult questions? Like, how are you really doing during this time? Uh, and asking people if they really need help. Uh, because in our society, even in a community as close to it as ours, people don't offer that they need help and actually want help uh, from other people. So what does it look like or, or to take faith-based risks during this time? If a tragedy means that we tend to turn inward, then I'm, I think that the Holy Spirit wants us to turn outward as a result of this, to start taking risks uh, or to continue to take bigger risks, faith-based risks, uh, so that God can ultimately show us uh, that, uh, that he's much bigger than our sort of small ideas of what we ought to be doing, uh, that he very much uh, is working and working in big ways. Because it is often in our risk-taking that we see God work more clearly because we just sort of launched off on a hope, on a dream, and pretty much had a 50-50 chance of failing or being successful. And then all of a sudden, God comes in and teaches us something about uh, his ability to do those things. And uh, our risks aren't at all risky uh, from God's perspective. All right, so those two things, um, we're gonna spend like maybe 15 minutes talking about them, unless you have questions. All right, anyway, so uh, don't get left out. If you don't end up getting into a room, uh, we'll place you in one. So stick around. Let's do it. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.